stop. We have to try. We can't just leave him. He's dead. The pit can't restore a body this damaged. He's beyond healing. You did your best. We can't think about that now. We have to move. Come. Damien, now! Where are we going? Gotham City. It's time to meet your father. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue is a follow-up to the previous Talia Ghoul issue. <laughs> alright, alright, so we're going to jump back in. Um, if you haven't, please go ahead and listen to issue 58 of Carefree Black Nerd to get the first part of the Talia Al Ghul lesson or issue. <laughs> and before diving into this one, please make sure you are following me on Twitter and Instagram and all that other good stuff. Twitter at Carefree Blurred, Instagram at Carefree Black Nerd, and make sure to hop on over to Facebook. There is a Carefree Black Nerd Facebook page. Go ahead and like that and talk to me on there and share some shit and see what's what. I'm trying to create, create, create. I'm trying to cremate. No. <laughs> I'm trying to create a little community over there, um, utilize this social media and such. So go ahead and uh, and, and, and shoot some uh, likes over that way. Also, as if I haven't asked enough of you guys already, go on to SoundCloud and uh, there now you can share comments on the SoundCloud mobile app. But like the episode, comment on it, share it, go to iTunes, hit that like and review them five stars though. Uh, <laughs> just show me some love, y'all. I'm out here doing the grassroots independent thing and stuff. Ah, so. I thank you for my life and the life of my son. I need to rebuild the league, make it stronger, better. Come with me. You and I, together with Damien, would be invincible. The best way to fix the League is to disband it. If only it were that easy. Damien should stay with me. He will want to be with his mother. Damien, are you ready to come? Learn from your father, Damien, for he is very wise, and you are the future. Diving right back into the Talia Al Ghul lesson issue coverage, we're going to pick right back up at Death and the Maidens. So in Batman, Death and the Maidens in 2003, which was written by Greg Rucka, of course, it is revealed that Raja Ghul had met a woman by whom he had a daughter named Nissa. Now, before I talked about that horrible damn childhood Nissa had, she, um, again, for those of you who didn't listen, she has been tortured. Her entire family has been killed in a concentration camp during the Holocaust. So, goddamn. Uh, she is rendered sterile when a Nazi doctor pours acid into her uterus. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so, seeking vengeance, 
Nissa plans to use her considerable wealth and resources to kill Raja, Raish, Raja. I've been saying Raja Ghul. I guess it's Raja Ghul. I don't know. I'm going to keep saying Raja. Um, but to kill Raja Ghul by befriending, kidnapping, and brainwashing Talia. During, uh, now this part, I don't know. I think, I think Nissa, well, I'm sure Nissa is older than Talia. Because, yeah, so whatever. <laughs> now, um. She uh, turns, she being Nissa, turns Talia into a weapon to kill their father. Now, to this end, she captures Talia and kills and resurrects her in rapid succession in the Lazarus Pit. Now, for those of you who, God, okay, so let me take a step back and kind of uh, describe the Lazarus Pit. Now, this is a natural phenomenon that possesses restorative properties that can instantly heal injuries and even grant immortality. The origins of the Lazarus Pit were accidentally discovered by Raja Ghul while dipping a pit, excuse me, while digging a pit. Uh, there he discovered the restorative chemical pools while searching for a cure for a dying prince. Although the Lazarus Pit saved the prince's life, it also drove him mad and caused him to kill Raja Ghul's wife, Sora. This incident led to a series of cruel circumstances for Raja Ghul, eventually turning him into the feared demon's head. For several centuries, the Lazarus Pit were used by Raja Ghul to prolong his life. Now, the Lazarus Pit is a thing in regular pop culture. I know in the movie, fuck is the movie, with uh, Professor X and Angelina Jolie, Wanted. They used uh, something of a Lazarus pit to kind of heal themselves after a um, a mission, uh, whatever. So, Nissa took Talia, killed her, dipped her into the Lazarus pit, killed her, dipped her into that. So she essentially killed this woman and rebirthed, rebirthed her, brought her back to life, killed her, brought her back to life, constantly back to back, which left Talia virtually broken from trauma. So, I would imagine, so it seems as if the Lazarus Pit with prolonged use would drive you mad, but it seems as if she would have some type of fractured consciousness, some, like, split personality, if you will. Um, but yeah, so, Talia, Talia, uh, Nessa is a motherfucker, I tell you. Now... From dying again and again and again in such a short amount of time, Talia has extreme trauma. Now, Nissa asks her, while she's doing this to Talia, why is your father letting this happen to you? Like, to put that thought in her head that this is your father's doing. Like, that's that's one of the most believable forms of brainwashing that I have kind of a, uh, came across in comics. Like, of course, you got the mutant powers and the magical abilities and stuff, but if we're going to suspend belief because it's comics and no, and there's a Lazarus Pit and this has been something in the background of these stories for so long, this seems like a good way, as opposed to hypnotizing somebody, like you're literally breaking this person's consciousness over and over and, or fracturing it or whatever. So kudos to you, Nissa, for being evil and, and uh, Jumping on a situation, <laughs> pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Now, she keep asking her, why does dad let this happen to you? <laughs> so now, from all this time in this camp, now Talia is unable to feel anything. So Nissa also plans to assassinate Superman with these kryptonite bullets that she stole from the Batcave. Which is like, why is everybody in this damn Batcave? 
Bruce, get it together. Move the bat case. Like, why is it right underneath your damn house? Like, can it be moved somewhere else? Ugh. Um, now, she's hoping that by uniting the world in a moment of tragedy, she would manage to rouse herself once more. <sighs> While Batman is successful in preventing the assassination of Superman, he is unable to stop Nyssa from killing Raja Ghoul. This, in turn, is actually part of the greater plan concocted <laughs> by Raja Ghoul, who wants to ensure that his daughters would accept their destinies and his heirs and take up his genocidal campaign. Realizing and accepting this, Nyssa and Talia become the heads of the demon, with Talia disavowing her love for Bruce Wayne as another result of her torture at Nyssa's hands. Like, god damn, Nyssa. Now, both of the sisters then, from that point on, consider Batman their mortal enemy. Now, Talia, from then on, becomes more of Batman's enemy than his ally, which is, again, goddamn. If there ain't enough drama, it ain't enough. It ain't comics if it ain't drama. Like, shit. (laughs) Now, uh, that act that uh, Raja Ghul enacted or whatever about... um, making his daughters accept their destiny and this and that. It kind of, for all the complaints that I had about Raja Ghul kind of stepping in the forefront and not allowing for Talia to be a person, you know, or to have control over her life, even though he's like, quote unquote, letting them fulfill their destinies, it still seems like a destiny that he wrote for them. And it seems like kind of a lazy retcon to me. But... I'll go with it and use it as a way to like elevate Raja Ghul as a complete psychopath. But at the same time, it's like, it's lazy. It could have went so many other ways because he clearly didn't give a fuck about Nissa. Like he left her. You didn't go back and look for her again. It's the same issue that I had with Nubia from the first issue of Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. How the fuck you, um, what the fuck is her mama name? epiphany of a symphony whatever the fuck wonder woman mama name is how do you have two kids and let the god of war or hell or whatever steal your brown baby and you never go look for her nubia had every reason in the world to come back and whoop every motherfucking body in themiscara's ass and let that be that same here i feel nissa but like now just whatever so moving on guys (laughs) the society in Countdown to Infinite Crisis, it is revealed that Talia is one of the core members of the secret society of supervillains. Go figure. <laughs> um, other members are Lex Luthor, who was secretly Alexander Luthor Jr. in disguise. Ugh, okay. Black Adam, Dr. Psycho, Calculator, and Deathstroke. Now, this is revealed to be part of the um, to be a part of Nissa's plans to take over the planet and bring about world peace and equality, which is so weird. Like, I. Just like with Raja Ghul, the kind of brief history of him is that he is fighting crime. But then you're like trying to take over the world, prolonging life, trying to uh, create genocide and shit, but you're fighting crime. Same thing with Nissa. You're doing all this shit, trying to kill Superman in your roundabout way to unite the world for world peace. Like, what do you, what are y'all, what is y'all's actual motivations? Like, I don't get it. Now, um, this is, you know, Nissa's plan or whatever. Now, Nissa gets killed by Batgirl, Cassandra Kane Batgirl. And Talia assumes the leadership of the League. So, she's moving on up. <laughs> now, we get to Death in the Family. Now, under the hood and the red hood, the Lost Days, 
During the event of Death in the Family back in 1988, uh, Jason Todd, the second Robin, is murdered by the Joker in Ethiopia. He was later revived, revived, revived as a character um, in the Under the Hood storyline in 2005. So, well, that's okay. So, I did mention that you know, uh, comic book characters don't die, well, not necessarily don't die; they don't stay dead for long. So, that's that's a good amount of time. That's about what is that? Uh, Seventeen years. Now, and again, I'm not um, a, an expert in DC lore and the pantheon of DC. Um, story so if there is a story within that time frame where he pops up and he's alive and it's not a flashback forgive me but you know just looking at the dates you know 88 to 2005 is a long goddamn time for someone to have been dead which probably makes his resurrection more impactful but yeah i digress now um under the hood in 2005 jason todd is discovered by the league of assassins in lost days now, out of her love for Batman, Talia takes Jason to her father, and Jason spends many months in the care of the League of Assassins. Although his body recuperates, his mind is shattered. Well, yeah, you were murdered by the Joker in Ethiopia and dead for 17 years. Now, apparently he wasn't dead because, you know, they found him and brought him to the League of Assassins. But either way, a lot of shit been going on. Now, seeing no other way to help him, Talia takes Jason to the Lazarus pit and throws his body in while her father regenerates himself, which leads me to believe he didn't give her permission and that's not something that he wanted, was to revive this boy or either revive him in that manner. Um, Jason is fully revived in mind and body, and immediately afterwards, in order to spare Jason, her father's wrath, she helps him escape. Now, ugh, Talia... I don't know, whatever. She, you know, kudos to you, girl. Girl power and all that. But shit, what are you doing? Um, Livid and angry at the fact that Batman failed to avenge his death, Jason, by killing, um, and the Joker, that the Bat... Let me try that again. (laughs) Livid and angry that Batman failed to avenge his death, Jason is pissed off. Like, nigga, you let this motherfucker kill me, and you ain't do shit but throw the Joker in prison? And that's my issue with Batman, like... Yeah, this is comics, and and you could do it. Whatever. This is comics, and you can do whatever. Why in the hell are you just locking this nigga up? Not even necessarily that you have to kill him, but there needs to be something else done. And why the hell do you keep locking people up in Gotham Jail and Arkham Asylum, and they clearly just break out? Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about Batman. And, like, different stories are really good. But when you resort to just throwing someone in Arkham Asylum and the next couple issues, they're out again. It just feels like, what do they say? What's that? What's that comment? It is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. What are you doing? Like build an underground prison and just lock that motherfucker up in there and don't feed him and let him die. Like you just... I don't know, this whole idea that superheroes shouldn't kill because then you're just as bad as the villains. Like, we live in a whole new, different time than way back in the day. Like, sometimes you have to take care of shit. And I know it comes down to checks and balances and then who um, who polices the police in that regard. But it's like, shit, something needs to be done. Batman, you can't keep doing the same shit. Like, give me a different take on these stories. If at the end of the majority of the stories, you just lock people back up in Arkham, you're not doing anything. You're just having them sit there and wait for the next storyteller to come around, release them for some reason, and start all over again. Right? 
I'm not for it. So Jason is understandably upset, as I would be as well. Nigga, he killed me. You just threw him in jail. The fuck, mm, fuck out of here, fucking Bruce, punk ass. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Jason pissed off. Now he mad, and he decides I'm finna go and do my own fucking justice shit. I'm finna seek out some motherfuckers and 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 whoop their ass. Now, in order to stall him from killing Batman, Talia agrees to finance Jason's crusade <laughs> and aid him in his training so that he could become the second Red Hood. Oh shit. Okay. Now, um, in September of 2011, this is actual real world history. Uh, the new 52 rebooted DC's continuity. And in this new timeline, the story was changed whereby red hood and the outlaws. Number two, back in 2011 shows that shortly after Jason Todd's return from the dead, Talia Al Ghul, out of her love for Batman takes him to a secret cult of warrior monks called the all cast to train him in becoming a skilled assassin, which is like half of the story being told, like not the other shit, but again, this is where shit kind of gets muddled because continuities and reboots and stuff. It's like, ugh, okay. Now, uh, moving on to Batman and son. Now the concept of Talia and Batman having a child for, uh, from the son of the demon, this was reinterpreted into continuity, uh, from the story, Batman and son. This is in 2006. Now, Grant Morrison wrote this. Now their son is a grown, it, excuse me, is a grown is grown in an artificial womb and named Damien. He is raised and trained in the League of Assassins. Talia introduces him to Batman as part of a grand scheme involving ninja man bats and the kidnapping of the British Prime Minister's wife. Now Grant Morrison said that he relied on his shaky memory of the son of the demon before he wrote this uh this story, so he messed up a lot of the details, which is like, man, just Read the stuff. Don't just go off memory. But at the same time, this kind of mix-up of his, it had um, one of the messed-up details was that Talia drugged Batman before sex. Um, Morrison's mistake was later retconned by uh, Batman writer Peter J. Uh, Batman and Robin, excuse me, writer Peter J. Tamahasi, 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Morrison's mistake was later retconned by Batman and Robin writer Peter J. Tamasi in the title Robin Rises Omega. Now, this is where Batman admits that he fell in love and followed his heart, which I, I like that. But at the same time, um, the idea that there is a woman as the aggressor of kind of um, committing a sexually abusive act as opposed to a man doing that to a woman. It doesn't give me any type of joy to see that, but having those roles reversed in that way, though it be a bit problematic for me, I like both stories because it's like this woman is so ruthless. She's doing things that you would normally put onto a man. Um, and we could have dealt with Bruce having the trauma of being uh, sexually um, harassed and attacked as an, as a man, you know, so that we don't get a whole lot of that. And if so, it's, you know, stereotypically, oh, you a punk, you a bitch, you wanted it, you know, whatever. It's that's a whole nother can of worms that we can open up. But I do like the retcon in the sense that now this act that created this child was something that was out of love as opposed to something dirty like that. Um, moving on to rest in peace and final crisis. Now, during Batman R.I.P., that storyline, Talia and Damien become aware that the Black Gloves plot against Batman um, and they begin devising a plan to help save him. 
Now, they arrive at Wayne Manor just in time to save Commissioner James Gordon from being killed by assorted booby traps <laughs> created by the Black Glove. Um, this is referenced in issue 39 of the old 52. Now, she offers to join forces with Gordon to save the Batman. Talia and Gordon arrive too late. However, um, and are informed by Robin that Batman went missing and may be dead following a battle with Dr. Hurt. Furious and angry as fuck <laughs> that her love may be dead, she sends out her ninja man bats to murder Jezebel Jet, who plays a major role in trying to kill Batman. Now, soon after, it is revealed that Batman did not die, but survives only to be captured by Darkseid during the final crisis, and then apparently murdered by the new god. Like, ugh. Damn it. Darkseid is shit. <laughs> now, following Batman's death... Talia apparently decides to leave Damien in the hands of his adopted brother, Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson later takes on the role of Batman and selects Damien to succeed Tim Drake as Robin. Now in Final Crisis, Talia is placed on the New Society's inner circle by Libra. Despite Talia's interaction with the New Society, she still behaves lovingly and almost devoted to Batman. Which is like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, whatever, I'm okay with it. Now, it's revealed that in Gotham City Sirens issue number two, that Talia has trained Catwoman to resist even the most intense psychological coercion. Um, this is to reveal that Bruce Wayne's secret. Good Lord. To reveal <laughs> Bruce Wayne's secret identity. Now, following an operation in which Damien's spine is replaced, which is like, why the fuck not? Like, we've done so much other shit. Why not replace this motherfucker's spine? This child. Um, it is revealed that Talia inserts an implant into his spine that allows her or anyone she chooses, including Deathstroke, to control Damien's body remotely. Like, what the fuck? Oh, Lord. Um, everyone doesn't have that mother instinct, I guess. She intends to use this device to force Damien to kill Dick Grayson, whom she perceives as holding her son back from his potential. After Grayson frees Damien, how? How? How did you free Damien from this implant in his new spine? Like, ugh. Talia then reveals to her son that she has begun cloning him after realizing that the boy Wonder has completely sided with his father's circle during their confrontation. Which does sound a lot like, um, um, Son of Batman. Like, a lot of Talia's history is kind of woven in there, I feel. So, again, I think that's a, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. Now, she is too much of a perfectionist to love her son after he has defiled her in such a manner and is no longer welcome in the house of Al Ghul. Like, <laughs> girl, get the hell out of here. <laughs> now, um, moving on a bit further to Batman Incorporated. Now, this is written, again, by Grant Morrison. Talia is revealed to be the mastermind behind the Leviathan. Lord Jesus, I can't talk. <laughs> um, a shadowy organization formed to oppose Bruce's Batman Incorporated. Uh, she places a bounty of $500 million on Damien's head and declares war on Batman. Now, in Batman Incorporated Volume 2, this is issue number two, I believe, back in 2012. Um, this was a Talia origin issue. Now, she puts her father, Raja Ghul, under house arrest for opposing her plan and it takes his men excuse me it takes his men away with her now she claims to batman that her agents have infiltrated all of gotham's infrastructure and that she is providing the poor um 
what is it? The poor with purpose uh, by arming them and giving them slogans to chant as well as an enemy to fight. Which is like, why the fuck not? Because another issue of mine when it comes to Batman is that Bruce Wayne is this wealthy-ass billionaire living in Gotham, high on the hog, being a vigilante at night. But there are poor people in Gotham. Like, yeah, you're fighting crime and doing this, that, and the third, and that's fine, and I get it. But it makes no sense. Like, with Daredevil, this motherfucker ain't rich. I mean, he's a lawyer, yeah, but he's this blind dude who is fighting crime in all of New York. Gotham City... You're one of the elites of Gotham City. You have at your disposal a way to liberate, in a sense, the people of Gotham. If all you can do is dress up as a fucking superhero and swing from roofs at night fighting crime instead of helping these people, which would kind of curb a lot of that crime, I have no sympathy for you. There's a whole lower, poor side of Gotham that doesn't get the tax breaks that the rich do. They don't get uh, shit handed to them that are working for minimum wage and below. That has to result to crime and uh, different other ways of making money and surviving, but you want to beat up a motherfucker for snatching a purse? Yeah, that's a crime, and I get it, but then that's also some shit that the police can take care of. Like, you have at your disposal a way to make things better for this damn city, but you're not doing it, so... Fuck him, and kudos to Talia for, uh, though she was being, you know, evil about it, for uh, helping these people out, because goddamn, nigga, what are you doing? Not a goddamn thing. Fuck Bruce Wayne. Shit. Now, Talia says Batman must choose between saving Gotham from suicide or saving their son Damien from a death sentence. Her clone of Damien, known as the Heretic, which was in The Son of Batman, stabs Damien through the chest and delivers the killing stroke to her son. A move that leaves Batman devastated. Well, nigga, you should have worked faster. Now, after the heretic's final loss against Batman, Talia kills him, destroying Wayne Tower and challenges Batman to a duel to the death in the Batcave. Which, throughout all of her, like, shit that she's gone through, I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> in an odd way, I get it. Like, I'm, I get it, Talia. Now, there, Talia poisons Batman. He embraces and kisses her mid-battle, not knowing that her lips were covered with poison. Never got that. Like, I get that, but I don't get it. Like, I guess if there's like a second skin that you have the poisons resting on, but like you can't lick your lips, you can't really, I don't maybe it's not that hard. I mean, I don't wear lipstick, so I don't know. But I do wear Carmex or Chapstick, so like, I would be dead <laughs> if I put that shit on. <laughs> um, now, he didn't know that her lips were covered in poison. And he apologizes for not being able to love her the way she wants and admits defeat. Talia asks Batman to beg for the antidote, but he does not respond. Hmm. Jason Todd arrives at the Batcave and offers Talia the, and I'm going to fuck this up, Ouroboro trigger. Ouroboro <laughs> trigger. Ouroboro trigger. I don't know. Um, this is a device that would trigger the destruction of seven cities and that she claims would provide a new source of energy for the world. When Talia attempts to activate the device, Jason reveals that he has double-crossed her, and that the weapons the device would trigger had already been dis disabled. Disarmed? Disarmed. Disabled? Both. Talia is then shot and killed by Spyro, Agent Kathy Kane, buried, and her body later disappears from the gravesite. Of course it would! Of course, shit! Of course, this is comics. Along with that of Damien. 
Grant Morrison's writing of the Batman, Talia and Damien's saga drew from his own personal experience as a child of divorce. Um, the end of Batman Incorporated marked the end of this seven-year run on the character. So that's cool, though. And, um, of course, she wasn't going to be in that grave. And, I don't know. All in all, this does, this makes... This is interesting. This is something that I would like to read. Something that I would like to um, get my hands on. Because the more I discover about Talia as a character, good, bad, indifferent, all that shit, I like her. Um... I really do. I really do. I like her. And I, I would like to see more of her. Maybe there's more of her out there and I just haven't fucking sought it out. But all in all, I like her. So, um, yes. Yeah, so remember, guys, while listening to this episode, use the hashtag CBN pod. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Keep that conversation going. I would love to hear from you guys. Do you like Talia? Do you hate her? Do you uh, have more uh, kind of history with her? Do you know a bit more about her? So make sure to do that or email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Now, after Batman was preoccupied with a series of cases that would not end, Talia's body is taken from the grave by her father, Rajagul, so that he wishes to resurrect his daughter and his grandson. Let these people stay dead, shit. God damn it. Oh, God, let them die. Now, um, their body was um, taken by Rajagul, and Batman continues his pursuit for Rajagul and to reclaim his son's body. Raja Ghul attempts to resurrect Talia alongside Damien in what he thought was a Lazarus pit in the island of Themyscira. Ah, Themyscira, ah, ah, anybody know what that, ah, Wonder Woman. Now, but instead, Raja Ghul discovered that it was a portal to the netherworld in the pit's former location, which, how? But, okay, let's go with it. Now, of which both Wonder Woman and Batman were already aware. Raja Ghul flees with the bodies afterwards. Now, how is he moving these bodies? Because dead weight is 120 pounds a walking around person is one thing, but 120 pounds of a dead person is, ugh, is something else. Um, now, Batman arrives too late when Raja Ghul has successfully um, had the bodies placed in a Lazarus pit, leaving the Batman in dread. He's sad, y'all. Now, the resurrections fail, leaving Raja Ghul to realize that his arrogance for allowing her- Heretic to kill his grandson and the regret of allowing his daughter, Talia, to clone Damien. Now, this kind of pisses me off because you're attributing some of these things that Talia has done to her father, where it's like she's not even able to make these decisions on her own. Like, you're saying that this comes from her father's orders or, you know, mind control or whatever. It's like, man, let her do some shit on her own, goddammit. I'd like to see a woman write Talia, a woman... Um, who's of Chinese and Arabic descent and write your own personal experiences, you know, amplified through comic form on, about this character. I would like to see that. Especially if you got a kid and you're divorced, like, that shit will work. So, <laughs> now, um, after defeating Raja Ghul in combat, Batman intends to reclaim his son's body. Their battle was intervened by Darkseid's elite member, Glorious Godfrey. And some, uh, Parademons? Parademons. I say Parademons. Now, Batman is forced to team up with Raja Ghul to battle Godfrey. Oh, God. And the Parademons. Um, they had taken the bodies of Talia and Damien. Like, God I want somebody in this damn universe to just be cremated. Like, if you die, just get cremated. All that resurrection and shit, man. Once you're dead, just stay dead. That's it. Um... Raja Ghul manages to get his daughter's body from the Parademons in the sky, but falls to the gorge 
of Nanda Parbat, I don't know what that is, along with Talia's body, while Batman tries to retrieve his son's body from Godfrey. Now, following Damien's resurrection, Talia had emerged on Nanda Parbat, Nanda Parbat, Nanda Parbat, with no memory of who she was. She kills a nearby person to eat their food. I'm like, girl, don't do that. Later, Talia was approached by a shadowy figure. She is able to recognize the robed figure and fears that faction known as Luna. God, these names. Luan Darga. L-U apostrophe U-N Darga. Luan Darga. Is upon release. She is then knocked unconscious. Then the robed figures restore Talia's memory and attempts to influence her as a servant. But Talia resists his control and knocks the robe figure with stalagmites. Good lord, I can't read. <laughs> now she tries to escape from Darga's unknown lair of the inner core with the heart of the Lazarus pit. When Talia was reunited with her son in Darga's lair on Ghoul Island, Damien is aware of his quest about the Darga. Does um does not desire to see her in the attacks. Now in the battle, Talia unsuccessfully convinces Damien that she explains that Raja Ghul and the Agul family wage war against the ancient immortals of Luan Darga, claiming to be the guardians of the Lazarus Pit. While Raja Ghul sought to bring power and balance of life to Earth, <coughs> Thanos, the Darga then tried to take all the life back to cleanse the Earth entirely because they would bring their own destruction to see Earth. Um, and evidently uh, dead, died, exploded, whatever. Now, when Dindarga destroys Algor Island by causing it to sink, he attempts to cleanse Talia and Damien's souls. But these clones of Damien, they insulate him and sacrifice their lives. Now, Dindarga flees, leaving Talia and Damien to the abyss. They were rescued by Damien's friends. Afterwards, Talia is hopeful to move somewhere to a safe place and tells her conscious son to rest conscious son to rest which is one of the better things she has done like let's just go somewhere safe all this fighting and shit it's been since 71 we've been doing this shit back to back i've been making clones of my son trying to kill batman trying to fall in love with him resurrecting my dad being set up on these different fucking uh arranged marriages with different motherfuckers like let's just go somewhere safe and rest god damn <laughs> now when Damien is awake Talia convinced her son to calm down and explains that she had been finding redemption for herself and her retribution against him and in action after uh, Din Darga's attack she informs Damien that if he chooses vigilanteism I believe, yeah I said it right <laughs> it will corrupt him of his misdeeds Talia then tells her son Damien that he too can either choose between staying or leaving. After proving who he is, except that his mother has corrected herself and is regretful in her choices, as he chooses to leave and says goodbye to his mother, Talia regroups with the League of Assassins to prepare for war against Din Darga and the Luan Darga. Like, she ain't gonna, she just ain't gonna learn, is she, y'all? <laughs> Talia, along with Batman, shows up again later in the title to aid their son in saving all life on Earth from the threat of Dendarga and the Luan Darga. They are portrayed as a bickering couple, but also put things aside to help their uh, their son. 
Now, their mission is a success, though Damien ends up giving his life to save humanity. He is later brought back to life by Shuren Darga with the world saved and satisfied her son is safe. She goes ahead, she being Talia, and rejoins the League of Assassins. Like, shit, Talia, goddamn. But at least she, I guess she's doing it on her own. She's doing it for herself. Her father does not influencing this decision. Like, that part, I'm okay with. Um, now, with DC Rebirth, uh, and Rebirth, Talia Al Ghul shows up for her son, Damian Wayne's birthday, and warns him of Raja Ghul's plot to send Demon's Fist against Damien and the Teen Titans and a plan to assassinate them to prove their worth to the demon's head. Like, ugh, I'm tired of this nigga. These targets will later become Damien's Teen Titan teammates after he saves them, kidnaps them, and makes them aware of the fist and their plans. Talia later appears in Batman number 33. Batman and Catwoman come to uh, Kadim to see Holly Robinson, who has been hiding with Talia since fleeing Gotham after killing hundreds of terrorists. Now, Talia initially refuses to allow them to see Holly, going as far as wounding Batman and challenging Catwoman to a duel. Now, Selina manages to defeat Talia by wounding her in the same manner that she did Batman beforehand. Like, ugh, lord. Um, and we'll end her history there. Now, as far as powers and abilities, Talia is a baseline human. Um, she has been resurrected, so there's that uh, through the Lazarus Pit. But she's pretty much just like a peak athletic condition. Um, she's trained in many, many forms of martial arts. She, of course, is educated as fuck. Um, educated in the arts and sciences. She holds an advanced degree um, in biology, engineering, and business as an MBA. She's also very proficient with hand weapons. And although she's often underestimated, Talia is an excellent hand-to-hand -hand combat fighter. And that is the lesson of Talia Al Ghul, part two. Um, okay, so we're done with that. Talia, with the success of so many comic book properties, I believe that Talia's story would be an interesting one to tell. Even Talia without Damien, so you don't have to drag in a Batman in order to like sell it. Um, there's a lot of conversation going on, and it's been going on for the last few years about when will comic book movies fizzle out and this and that. But what people fail to realize is comic book movies and TV shows have been around forever in the day. Like, comic books themselves are, like, pretty much play by The way in which they're laid out, it's just like storyboards for a movie or a TV show. That's exactly what it is. So a lot of shows like Preacher, which you wouldn't know is based off a comic book, and even like Deadly Class, though it hasn't started yet, but it starts in 2019, is if you're not aware of the comic bookness of it all, or you only think that comic books are superheroes with capes, then you're missing what it actually entails. Um, I said all that to say, a Talia Al Ghul, or even Talia Head, quote unquote, story would be a very interesting one that does not have to take place in a part of the DC extended universe. A story about a Chinese and Arabic woman who is fighting, you know, to make a name for herself. Even do, go the whole princess route. Shit, Raja Ghul is the emperor or whatever the fuck he is and she's, he keeps trying to marry her off and her issues with dealing with that. Like there's so much there to pick from, but I would like to see some type of Talia story in comics, an animated series about her, or, or a, a few animated movies, um, some live action, but given to creators of color, women of color, 
um, who have some of the same background. Like, I know I sound like a broken record because this is pretty much what I rant and rave about every time I'm on this mic, but it's the truth. Talia has been around forever and a day, and she was um, created back in the 70s, and for me, though I don't represent every nerd in the world, for me to not have known about her until Son of Batman is a problem. It just shows that she isn't as um, um, uh, uh, big a name or portrayed as well as other characters are, and that's fine because you know, everybody can't you know get the spotlight. But you have such a rich character who is baseline human, so there's not a need for special effects. You know, past some some wires and some green screen, there's not a whole lot that needs to be done to get this woman's story out. So I think I think Atalia Al Ghul's story would be dope as the fuck. Um, and then Damien, like him, this nigga is biracial as the fuck. Like he presents as a white boy and I have a problem with that. All of the other Robins, you know, they have their history that's canon and whatnot, but this is a biracial boy that is a Robin and is the son of Batman. Batman had a kid and it is a mixed baby. He didn't have a little white baby, which you know, whatever, but it's, I think that's very important and it's not being highlighted like I feel it should. Uh, but it's comics, you know, every creator is going to do something a little different or try to build on something before it's something. And uh, I'm grateful for that because I love this medium and I hope it never goes away. But I would, I th- let me know, y'all. How do you feel about Talia? Like, tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag CBMPod. Did you enjoy this kind of two-part special on Talia? Did you not like it? Did you learn more about her? Did you even know about Talia before this? Like, um, am I the one that's late and behind the times and stuff? Tell me if like, nigga, you should have known about this motherfucking lady. Um, also, if you have any other suggestions of characters you'd like for me to discuss, and uh, that's fine as well. You know, shoot them to me. So we're going to keep this conversation going as always. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag CVNPod. Um, comment on SoundCloud. Uh, hit that heart. Hit those likes. Share a uh, review on iTunes. Leave me a review. Five stars if you please. Um, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. And uh, just reach out. I'm on most social medias. And uh, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay um, training with the League of Assassins. And, uh, you know, stop resurrecting yourself in the goddamn Lazarus pit, y'all. Shit. <laughs> All right.